If you've seen the news, read the paper, or scrolled through your phone even once in the last couple of weeks, you'd know that Afghanistan has basically fallen apart. Since President Biden announced that the U.S. would be pulling all troops out of Afghanistan by September 11th, the Taliban has begun to take over the country. And as of last week, they have fully taken over. This is a huge, complicated and messy story. But here at Unpacked, we're focusing on a specific angle of this developing story, and that is, what does the U.S. withdrawal and Taliban takeover of Afghanistan mean for Israel and the Middle East? As all of us process the rapid collapse of Afghanistan's government, scenes of desperation and chaos from Kabul and implications from U.S. security, Israelis are also discussing how this impacts the Jewish state. Hi, I'm Avi. And I'm Sarah. Israel's enemies, including Iran, Hamas, and Islamic Jihad, all cheered the U.S. withdrawal and Taliban takeover. Hamas called it, quote, a victory that came as the culmination of more than 20 years of struggle, while Islamic Jihad congratulated the Taliban on, quote, the liberation of Afghan land from the Western and American occupation. Meanwhile, the Taliban insisted they had changed since 2001 when they last held power, saying they wanted peaceful relations with other countries and would not discriminate against women. In an interview with Israeli media, a Taliban spokesperson who was unaware that he was speaking with an Israeli outlet at the time was asked how the Taliban had changed since 9-11. He responded, quote, we will not allow our land to be used against other countries. I think, Avi, that means that he's claiming that the Taliban wants to have peaceful relations with other countries, unlike last time they were in power in Afghanistan. He also pledged that the Taliban would protect non-Muslim minorities, including Zavulun Simentov, Afghanistan's last Jew. This week, we're exploring Israeli perceptions of what happened in Afghanistan and the possible implications. So let's start with the basics. Who are the Taliban? To answer that, we have to go back to 1979, 15 years before they were actually formed. In 1979, Soviet forces invaded Afghanistan in an effort to bolster the country's communist government. Afghans, however, did not appreciate this, and Afghan resistance fighters fought against the Soviet occupation until the Soviets withdrew from Afghanistan in 1989. After the Soviets left, the country plunged into a civil war, with various factions of the former Afghan resistance fighters each vying for power. And after years of fighting, the Taliban eventually came out on top. In 1996, the Taliban captured the capital city of Kabul and seized power there. They aimed to impose a strict interpretation of Sunni Islam on the country and ruled as an emirate with no parliament or elections. Although some Afghans initially welcomed the Taliban for their attempts to re-establish order, NBC News reports that the welcome wore off fairly quickly. Quote, they banned music, cut off the hands of thieves, and stoned adulterers. They also persecuted and sometimes massacred ethnic minorities. Meanwhile, women were barred from attending school, 
holding jobs and leaving home without male escorts, end quote. As an American, the first time I remember hearing about the Taliban was after 9-11. This is a very simplistic overview, but basically the Taliban had provided a safe haven to Osama bin Laden and the Sunni terror group Al-Qaeda. After the terror attacks of 9-11, the U.S. invaded Afghanistan. The U.S. and its allies toppled the Taliban government, but the group soon regained their influence in Afghanistan and they carried out an insurgency against the U.S.-backed Afghan government over the following 20 years. So what has the response been to the fall of the Afghan government and the takeover by the Taliban? Well, let's start with Iran. Remember, Iran is Shia and the Taliban is Sunni, which means they aren't exactly natural best friends. And back in 2001, Iran actually cooperated with the U.S. in ousting the Taliban from power. However, according to Karim Sajadpur, a senior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, a nonpartisan international affairs think tank, Iran is welcoming the U.S. withdrawal and the Taliban takeover. Sajadpur explained the shift in the Iranians' view of the Taliban this way, quote, Although the Sunni fundamentalist Taliban may once have been Shia Iran's adversary, the two sides nearly went to war in 1998. Today, the primary driver of Iranian revolutionary ideology is not religion, but opposition to the United States and Israel. The Islamic Republic is happy to partner with Sunni radical groups including Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the Taliban, and even at times Al-Qaeda, with whom Tehran shares common adversaries. Meanwhile, in a statement published on their website, the Sunni terror group Hamas wished the Taliban success adding that, quote, the end of the occupation of the Americans and their allies proves that the resistances of the peoples, and foremost among them, our fighting Palestinian people, are promised victory and the achievement of its goals, end quote. Israel Hayom speculated, as a consequence of the Taliban's ascent to power, Training bases and facilities in Afghanistan, which up until this week belonged to the Afghani army, could now be made available to Hamas terrorists. Israeli officials were also concerned that the Taliban will look to smuggle weapons and ammunition into the Gaza Strip from Afghanistan, end quote. Israelis reacted to the news with a little bit more worry. Many questioned the fundamental reliability of its American ally. They wondered, if the U.S. abandoned Afghanistan, would they be willing to do the same thing to Israel? Former Knesset member Einat Wilf tweeted the same basic idea, underscoring the Jewish state's need to be able to stand on its own. Quote, I've been asked how the American retreat from Afghanistan strikes Israelis. The answer is simple, self-reliance. Yes, the U.S. is a critical and valuable ally, but ultimately, the Jewish people must defend themselves by themselves. We already knew that. It's just being reinforced, end quote. By the way, check out a great interview with Einat Wilf in a recent episode of another Unpacked podcast, Nice Jewish Girls. You can find the link to the interview in this episode's show notes. Moshe Ya'alon, former Israeli defense minister, expressed this philosophy using passages from the Talmud, tweeting in Hebrew, quote, the withdrawal of the U.S. and the takeover of the Taliban 
will have implications for Israel's security. Israel should strive for the righteous. Their work will be done through others, but must prepare for, if I am not for myself, then who will be for me? End quote. Many Israelis also recalled their country's own history of withdrawing from territory and what followed. Wahav Harkov, senior contributing editor at the Jerusalem Post, reflected that when Israel pulled out of southern Lebanon in 2000 and from Gaza in 2005, in very short order, Islamist terrorists took over the regions. She wrote, quote, In both of those cases, a local population had been trained to keep the extremists at bay, and they were quickly overrun and massacred by Hezbollah and Hamas, respectively. Which is why, while a narrow majority of Israelis support a two-state solution, fewer tend to support the territorial concessions from the West Bank that would allow that to happen, end quote. However, Michael Koplow, policy director at the Israel Policy Forum based in Washington, D.C., cautioned against drawing immediate comparisons between Afghanistan and the West Bank. In a blog post, Koplow underscored that every situation has its own nuances. He cited another Israeli withdrawal from Sinai and the peaceful transfer that happened that time and wrote, Somehow Sinai is never cited as proof that Israeli territorial withdrawals guarantee peace and security in their wake, the way that Gaza is infinitely cited as proof of the opposite, end quote. Meanwhile, Elliot Abrams, a senior fellow for Middle Eastern Studies at the Council on Foreign Relations, a bipartisan think tank who had served as special envoy on Iran in the Trump administration, focused on the potential upside for Israel. Abrams predicted that the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan will actually strengthen the Abraham Accords and draw some Arab states closer to Israel. Abrams explained in a blog post, quote, What is happening in Afghanistan will deepen the impression among Arab governments that they cannot rely on the United States to protect their security as they used to. Those states have increasingly drawn the conclusion they have one neighbor who, unlike Iran or Turkey, poses no threat to them and who continually displays a firm willingness to use military power against its enemies. That's Israel, end quote. But aside from the pundits, how did the Israeli government themselves respond? Barak Ravid, correspondent at Axios, reported that, quote, while the Israeli government has been careful not to criticize the Biden administration in public, privately, several senior Israeli officials have told me they were stunned by what they saw as a major U.S. intelligence failure. Israeli officials hope the Afghanistan crisis will make the Biden administration rethink potentially pulling U.S. forces out of Iraq and Syria, end quote. Meanwhile, Avi, I think it's important to remember that this isn't just about politics. There are now thousands of refugees and thousands more who are trying to escape the Taliban and their potential fates. Gabby Lasky, a Knesset member in the Merits Party, argued that Israel should offer asylum to Afghan refugees, tweeting in Hebrew, quote, the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan puts hundreds of thousands in danger their rights and their lives at stake. 
I have appealed to the foreign minister and alternate prime minister, Yair Lapid, to open up Israel's gates to accept refugees. This is the humane thing to do, end quote. So Sarah, usually we end these episodes with some neat little conclusion and something to walk away with. But I think this week, we have more questions than answers. Like, how will the US withdrawal from Afghanistan continue to play out? And after hearing about the events in Afghanistan and the different perspectives from experts in the field, what conclusions and potential lessons can we draw about withdrawing from territory? And of course, a question that really concerns me, how will this situation affect Israel, my country and ours? We at This Week Unpacked are hoping and praying for a positive future for everyone, especially the people of Afghanistan during this challenging time. Thanks for listening. This episode was hosted by me, Sarah Himmelis. And me, Avi Posen. This Week Unpacked is a production of Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. Make sure you don't miss future episodes by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the pod, rate and review This Week Unpacked and share it with your friends. We'd love to hear what you think. Shoot us an email at podcasts at jewishunpacked.com. Check out jewishunpacked.com for everything Unpacked related and subscribe to our other podcast there too. I want to specifically recommend Unpacking Israeli History, one of my personal favorite podcasts. Subscribe to that podcast right now, wherever you listen to your podcast, check it out and let us know what you think. And follow Unpacked on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We're everywhere. Just look for at Jewish Unpacked. This episode was written by me, Sarah Himmelis, edited by Avi Posen and John Kunza, and audio engineered by Rob Perra. Rivki Stern is our producer, and Noam Weissman is the executive producer of This Week Unpacked. This episode was sponsored by the Jewish Federation of Delaware. Thank you for listening, and see you next week.